Well, it is Panthers week, week one for the Cleveland Browns, and we got a special guest in the building, former professional, former left tackle, uh, Joe Thomas, and future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas is in the building with me and Jeff. I don't know how we got it, but we'll take it. We'll talk about the Browns coming up against the Panthers. We'll talk about the team outlook, and we'll talk about so much more on the next episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code all caps, no space, locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Now, as we said, we're sitting down here with Cleveland Browns legend, Joe Thomas. Joe, one of the things that we've tried to do with our coverage here over the last couple of months is there's a lot of team, a lot of, te- I'm, I don't know if I want to say teams, fans, reporters, a number one, they're aggravated with the move the Browns made. So that's automatically means they're kind of going to rate this team off. But the one thing Garrett and I've been trying to, you know, basically stress here is this was a great roster before Deshaun Watson was brought in, made some more moves on the defensive side of the ball, which was a really, really good unit. Young, athletic, hybrid, versatile defenders. You went out and found a couple of more six-foot-five, 270-pound defensive ends. Um, The overall shape of this roster is good, so to think that this season is going to be lost before it's even started, for us it just seems kind of crazy. Yeah, I I think probably part of that reason is because the preseason was so up and down, right? I think I was really lucky enough to be able to call the Browns preseason games this year. So I got a firsthand look at all three of those games. And uh, Jacksonville didn't go exactly as planned against the Bears. We kind of expected the Bears to be the worst team in the NFL. So we thought playing more of our starters in that game that we would probably do a better job than we did. And um, really the only game that we felt like there was really a lot of positives that you could pull from it was that Eagles game. And so when you have such an up and down preseason, you don't get a look at a a large majority of your best players. It remains to be seen as fans. Like how should we feel about this season? Where are expectations going to be? What are going to be, we going to be able to do? Uh, But I think when you look at the roster that Andrew Barry put together, they were a top five defense last year and they added to it right Uh, on offense. They have the best running game in the NFL and they bring in all those guys back. The question mark obviously is going to be at quarterback, but I think we're going to find out pretty quickly here at the beginning part of the season what Jacoby Brissett can do now that he's going to have Amari Cooper in there, which he didn't have during the preseason in that one game that he played. You know, Joe, talking about, um, you know, what this team is, and specifically when you talk about the best running game in the the NFL, one of the individuals that is a big part of that is Jack Conklin. Um, you know, he's supposed to, supposedly going to be trying out his need throughout the week. Coach Safansky will, you know, make an evaluation to see if he can go out there and play. Um, talk about uh, what Jack brings to the table. And uh, is that a really big boost for what the Browns want to do uh, in week one? 
Well, as you guys know, everything that the Browns do from a personnel standpoint is going to fall back on an analytics approach, right? And that's a big reason why Jack Conklin got signed to the Browns. It's not just, is he a good right tackle? Boom, let's sign him. Well, of course, Jack Conklin's a good right tackle. He's been all pro a bunch of times. But one of the big reasons they loved him in Cleveland was because he fits with what this offense is. Pro Football Focus, when he was with the Titans, rated him as like the best outside zone blocking tackle in the NFL. And that's primarily what the Browns like to do. So his fit in this running scheme is crucial with his ability to be able to run and stretch that defensive end position to allow the running backs to be able to get themselves started, get their heels to the line of scrimmage before they have to start making their cuts in those outside zones. And you saw when Jack wasn't in there last season, how much the running game did suffer. So being able to get him hopefully back in week one, if not week one hopefully early in the season is going to be a huge boost for this offense because we know that especially when Jacoby's in there this is going to be an offense that's going to lean heavily on the run game and then getting some of those play action shots off of that explosive run game a good buddy of mine who uh you know was a big big Titans guy you know had mentioned when they signed him said Jack Conklin's a great player but the problem is with Jack Conklin being so athletic when he gets dinged up there's you know a downgrade in play and I Obviously, as you just said so eloquently, this is one of the reasons that kind of happens for a guy like Jack. I want to talk about two players on defense, and these are guys that Garrett and I have really high hopes for. And it's second year, and you know, Grant Delpit doesn't technically qualify, but he does. Um, and Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Just talk about the slowing down of the pace of the game as you, know, you get 15, 16, 17 games under your belt, get another training camp, another offseason. Just talk about what that impact does for two players like Grant and Jeremiah. Well, it's huge in your second season because you're thinking less about where do I have to line up and you're starting to actually think about how can I dictate to the offense what I want to do because you're starting to notice not only what the formation tells are giving you, but also like where are the little alignment tweaks that you're seeing maybe from the receiver or maybe you're seeing the eyes from the line uh, lineman. Maybe you're looking at the quarterback and where he's looking pre-snap with his eyes. So you're starting to pick up on a lot more pre-snap information that gives you an opportunity to kind of jump on what you're going to be doing when the ball does get snapped. So for a guy like JOK, who's already one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL, it's just going to make him a half a step even quicker, which I think what we want to talk about from this defense, what's the things that they do best, right? They are super fast at that linebacker position, which helps them handle those mobile quarterbacks that you see so often in today's NFL. And it's going to really be a big benefit when you are going against a team like the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, who's a guy that they can flex him out. They can give him the ball with a traditional handoff they can throw him the football they're going to try to get him the ball a lot of different ways and hope that the matchup between him and a linebacker is a mismatch in their favor but when you got a speed guy like jok they just don't have that now as far as grant delpit goes i remember talking about him a little bit in the preseason unfortunately he got dinged up a little in that third game so we didn't really get to see him however he's got a big chip on his shoulder going into this season because he feels like in the browns when you talk to him feel like He's an all-pro caliber talent, but when he was coming out of college, he kind of got forgotten. Then he had that bad Achilles injury his first season, and then it took him a while to kind of recover from that at the beginning of last season. But if you watch his film the last six games of last season, he was lights out. He was one of the better safeties in the NFL, and he, if he's able to start at that position where he finished last season and only improve from there as his mental wherewithal and Joe Woods' defense continues to improve, he could be on track for a Pro Bowl season at, at safety this year for the Browns. 
a couple guys um, that we haven't seen so far in preseason, which I'm not worried about them in the least bit. These guys are ready to go. Uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. Um, you know, back in the day when you were, you know, with Wisconsin and, and forward, coming forward with the Browns, traditionally, you know, they might have one pass rusher, right? And it would go, it would be good on good. Um, some of the better guys in, in terms of that. And so here's the thing that we're talking about in this situation. Nowadays, how devastating and how difficult is it to guard two defensive ends in terms of you got one uh, booking on one side, the other side, both athletic, both can rush the passer. How difficult is that to deal with as an offense? Well, it's terrible. Like if you talk to Kevin Stefanski, like the way that Miles and Clowney were wrecking camp in training camp, like he almost had to tell him, stop rushing the passer so much. Let our quarterback operate because we want to see this offense get an opportunity to throw the football down the field. And from a very just basic elementary level, if you have five offensive linemen and you're going against a four down defense, like our defense has, you've got five on four. So you can split up those five blockers kind of any way you want. And when you only have one good pass rusher, it's pretty easy to say, Hey, we're going to either put two on that one, or we're going to take three guys, which is your traditional like slide offensive line pass protection scheme. We're going to take three on those two and kind of, work in combination and whoever needs the extra assistance that float man would, will be able to kind of slide and help it out. But when you got a guy on the other side, like Jadevi and Clowney, now it really puts you in a bind because you have to decide like, are we going to put the one-on-one -on -one to miles? Or are we going to put the one-on-one -on -one to Clowney? Because if you're just blocking with five on their four, you can't double both those guys because your center's never going to really be on a true Island where you're just going to totally leave him by himself just by the nature of being in the middle. It's almost impossible to just scheme it up with a pass protection call. So you kind of have to decide from the start, like, Hey, are we going to bring in a six blocker? And then we can kind of guarantee at least a little bit of assistance where you can have a three on two on both sides, or are we going to just try to roll the dice and see what our guys can do and hold up. And especially looking forward to this first game of the season against the Packers or excuse me, looking forward to the first game of the season against the Panthers, they've got some inexperienced tackles that I think the Browns are really going to have an opportunity to really feel that blood in the water because I think they got an opportunity to have a big game uh, at defensive end this weekend. We're going to shift it to the Panthers. Uh, Joe actually set it up, put nice on a tee for us. Uh, so we're going to switch it up here and talk a little about Panthers week one. And of course, uh, I mean, sometimes I guess you just got to rip the bandaid off and maybe that's the way this is going to work here Sunday as the Browns travel to see old friend Baker Mayfield. Prize picks um, Thursday night. Some things I'm looking at here, you know, Josh Allen versus the Rams. What can he do statistically? James Cook, the rookie running back from the Bills. I think he's a sleeper. How many sacks can Aaron Donald get? The line set at one. Can he get more than that? Very simple. You can put a lineup in in less than 60 seconds. Choose two to five players. You win, you get paid. It is that simple. Again, pick two to five players. And if they will go score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Prize picks offers projection on any sport that you watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, and of course, golf. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Again, do not forget to use the Promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100 at prize picks. Welcome back to the Locked On Browns podcast. G Bush, 
Jeff Lloyd in the building. We got a special guest, has been with us since the first segment. Uh, Browns legend and, and future Hall of Famer left tackle Joe Thomas is in with us, breaking a little bit of down about what's going to happen in the game. We talked about the Browns. We're going to transition to the Carolina Panthers to get a little bit of a preview uh, with that team. Joe, you know, as we as Jeff said before, uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, they have some ball players too. I, I like what they have at the skill positions. Um, you know, then you all automatically have to go and look at the quarterback position. I think they've upgraded at that position as well. Our former quarterback, um, uh, first overall pick Baker Mayfield is now their quarterback. Uh, in terms of, of when you're playing another player where you're playing somebody, um, that used to be a part of your team, how is the, how do you think the emotions will be, um, in, in the game? And do you think that'll play a role in, in the outcome of the game? Uh, well, I think it will play uh, a role in the outcome of the game. I'm not sure if it's going to have a big impact on game day. I think you're going to see a little extra chippiness. There's a lot of word on the street that some of the players in the Browns defense maybe didn't really have a lot of nice things to say about Baker when he was out there. Uh, and he, when, when he left and went to Carolina. So there's definitely going to be some bad blood, sure. Back and forth between those guys. And um, I expect it to carry over, especially because you usually see a little bit of extra chippiness in week one because it's the first time these guys are going to be all together playing in pads, playing a game that actually means something. Uh, because as we all know in today's preseason in the NFL, a lot of the great players don't really play. So this is really their first opportunity to really play a full game where you're tackling and you got all your good dudes out there. So um, I think there is going to be an extra level of emotion there, obviously, with all the things that are at stake. But I think where it really plays into things is probably the week of preparation because that's really where that extra motivation comes into effect is, you know, it's Wednesday night. You've already been practicing Panthers or Brown stuff for, you know, six or seven days and it's four o'clock and you're thinking, nah, I don't know, maybe I'll just get home so I can see the kids when they get home from school and, uh, you know, be there for dinner. I think I'm going to just maybe instead of watching 30 minutes more of film, I'm just going to put it uh, up there on the shelf, go home and deal with it another day. But when you have that little bit of extra motivation going into like this type of a revenge game for Baker Mayfield or for the Browns coming and playing against Baker Mayfield, you're going to make that decision. No, I think I'm actually going to watch that extra 30 minutes. The kids can wait. I'll kiss them goodnight for bed. You know, I might miss dinner tonight, but I can go grab something in the cafeteria because it's that important to me that I'm going to commit myself to those extra 30 minutes, 45 minutes during the week, because it's worth it. It, the, the payoff is going to be better than the sacrifice that I have to make during that week of practice. So I think that's where it does play a role uh, in the outcome of the game, but I don't think it's, it's during the game day, like a lot of people would traditionally think. You brought up a great point, too, about, you know, the fact that there's a little bit more talk and a little more chippiness. Everybody remembers what happened last year, week one in Kansas City. And as Garrett and I have talked about, you get so tired of beating on your teammates. It's just so nice that where it's somebody you truly don't care about so you can lay one into them, so to speak. Um, but this whole situation, um, it's crazy. You know, obviously, Baker Mayfield's first post-Cleveland Browns game is against the Cleveland Browns. Um, him and Matt Rule are in a weird situation where the two of them, their futures in the NFL are now kind of tied together for two guys who don't really have much of a relationship together. Um, but for the way it works ultimately, though, is, you know, the Carolina Panthers probably don't know exactly what they have yet in Baker Mayfield. 
But the Cleveland Browns know every single thing there is to know about May- Baker Mayfield. So if you wanted to face him, ideally you wanted to do it right away before he went down there, got comfortable in a new offense, got comfortable with new weapons. For the Browns, defensively, this shouldn't be so difficult. And you mentioned some of the thoughts here on the Browns' defensive players, and I think it all stems from nine games, 16 points or less, and you came out on the wrong end of a lot of those. You can maybe understand where all that comes from. But this is, I mean, just straight, take away the 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 off-the-field storylines. There are a million storylines for this game, Joe. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. When you want to play Baker Mayfield, it's right when he's new with this team because at this point, Joe Woods knows Baker Mayfield a lot better than the offensive staff in Carolina does. And so their ability to dial up a game plan that maybe can pick at some of the scabs that he has in his own game is going to be a lot greater right now versus once the Panther staff knows him a little bit better and can come up with a game plan that maybe highlights his strengths and and takes away a little bit from his weaknesses. So I think the advantage is clearly in the Browns corner when you think about how well this defense knows Baker because they've been going against him for four years before this and Joe Woods' ability to come up with creative concepts that maybe show Baker something that he thinks he understands that he's seen before in Brown's practices. And then at the last second change or after the snap, even change where they think they can get into a situation where he's going to throw the ball in a spot that he thinks is going to be open, but it was just smoke pre-snap coming from Joe Wood. So I I really like where the Browns defense sits in this game. And for me, the question mark is going to be not the Browns defense as much, but how does Jacoby play with this offense? Because we haven't really seen him do a whole lot yet other than his limited action in preseason. And remember, he didn't have uh, his two best running backs and he didn't have Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, that that's to me is is the question mark. Uh, we've seen Baker before, and, and I think we kind of know what Baker is and what Baker isn't. But one of the things that we have not seen is Jacoby Brissett and how he, he uh, you know, deploys his. Re- we haven't seen Amari Cooper and how they have a connection. We haven't seen the new ways or some of the, you know, the plethora of ways that you could use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and some of those other guys. So when you look at it um, and, and you talk, you ISO this down. To a, a player on each team, which player is going to dictate the most uh, if the Browns come out on the win or if the Panthers win? Which, which which person is the is the most pivotal in this game in order for the, each team to come out with a victory? I would say for the Browns, I want to see Miles Garrett. Right, he's going to go up against Iki Ikwanu, who's a rookie left tackle. He's one of the best offensive lineman coming out of this year's draft. I had him ranked as my highest, (laughs) highest uh, rated offensive tackle, but he's still a rookie. And I watched him in the preseason and he's got some weaknesses in his game that he needs to work on. Um, And going against miles in your first game, eh, not a lot of fun. Not exactly something that I would like to do. Uh, When I was a rookie, I had to go against James Harrison, my first game. And it was tough. I'll be honest. Like I didn't feel like I had my best game. And I know that the Panthers are going to give him a lot of help, but there's only so much help you can get, especially in the second half of a game. If it's close or if the Panthers are behind, eventually you're going to have to get away from chipping and double teaming Miles on every play. And you're going to get some of those one-on-one situations that Miles is going to have a chance in a big moment in the game to make that game-changing play. And so I think that's going to be the one to watch from a Browns fan's perspective. Um, and from a perspective of the Panthers, I think – Obviously, Baker Mayfield is going to be the one that everybody watches, but I want to see how Christian McCaffrey handles uh, the Browns' speed at linebacker because if they want that offense to go, 
it's going to have to go through CMC, Christian McCaffrey, because his ability to get the ball underneath and to try to make some plays when maybe there aren't things down the field because of Brown's coverage, I think is going to be crucial because Baker Mayfield's got the arm, but he's in big moments proven when he was with the Browns, he gets a little bit gun shy of letting the ball rip when it's not wide open or when it's not clear in that secondary. And being that he's new in this offense, it's not going to be crystal clear and he's not going to have a great deal of confidence in all those down the field throws. So I expect a lot more of those underneath check down short type passes. And that is exactly what CMC does best. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing is, you know, and this may be one disadvantage for the Browns, Christian, Christian McCaffrey with his health issues the last couple of years, well, you know, he's healthy coming in into this one and he's always a pain in the neck and a headache in that regard. Uh, big thanks to Joe Thomas. Uh, obviously, the honor coming into the stadium this year. I'm not going to go as far as to say what Garrett's saying. We're not going to jinx any of those things. But obviously, a big five, six-month period here for Joe Thomas. Appreciate you taking some time out here. Whether it's barbecue, whether it's beer, and let's find a way to get that ship to New Jersey, Joe. Can oh, yeah, you take baby. care of that for me? We got to get on that. <laughs> uh, we're going to let Joe get out of here. Garrett and I are going to extrapolate a little bit here on some of the moves made over the weekend as the Browns continue to try to bolster and put themselves in a position to field the best 53-man roster as always we thank all of you who make locked on browns your first listen day in day out whether it's on your favorite podcast platform or of course now on youtube make sure you are subscribed and on youtube make sure you have your notifications on so you get the content as soon as it drops again we appreciate all of you for uh making locked on browns your first listen welcome back to the locked on browns podcast want to thank you so much to to Joe Thomas for for jumping on with us, man. It's a it's a great look and, and definitely um, giving us some of the the ins and outs of, of what really happened. It's always great to have somebody who played at that high of a level to be able to break things down for you um, and to give the fans something else, man. So uh, appreciate Joe. We'll, we'll look forward to him and hopefully I don't know. Like I said, we hopefully we could get him back again. Great thing, um, Jeff, by getting that get. So that that's all you and your persistence. So. Uh, appreciate you on the other no side. Guy, no superstar in any professional sport should be as nice of a gentleman as as Joe Thomas is. It's It, it blows your mind. He yeah. is literally just an average Joe who just ap- happened to be, and I'll say it now that it's not here, a guy who's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame in February. Okay, I got it. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, we um, know what the rules of engagement are. We understand what the opponent is, and now it's all about game time. Um, Jeff, when you look at this game, um, and, and I'll ask you this question uh, in terms of we, we've been talking about this a little bit all offseason. Is this a game that Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns have to win? Not only because it's Baker Mayfield, but because they have not won a game, an opening game starting off 1-0, because you look at the schedule and you, if you have aspirations for the playoffs, you, you look at the schedule, it gets tougher and progressively tougher as you get towards uh, November. Is this a game that the Cleveland Browns have to get, in your opinion? I'm going to say yes, and there's several factors to it. I mean, all like you said, look, it is Baker Mayfield. It is week one, and this team has struggled week one forever. But we've talked a ton about this is you have to build some sort of confidence level in this room that this team is going to be able to float until Deshaun Watson gets back. There are no games that, you know, you are close as far as, you know, are, are you a better team? You cannot lose a game you're supposed to win. They should beat the Carolina Panthers. Without Deshaun Watson, they should beat the Carolina Panthers. They are a better 
football team. It is just that simple. Some factors going into this, though. We mentioned Jack Conklin. Now, if you remember, one year ago, we were all talking, and everything we heard about Odell Beckham Jr. over the summer was extremely positive. Then all of a sudden, we got to week one, and it was maybe he won't play. Maybe. And maybe we're starting to hear those things about Jack Conklin right now. The signing over the weekend of Joe Haig. Joe Haig's been in the NFL. Uh, I believe it's year six, year seven. He was drafted college team. Nick Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State with him. You bring in a player like that. Interesting signing late in the game. Because the one spot we weren't really concerned about was offensive line. But again, if you think you it makes you a better unit than you were the day before, you make the move. Uh, third tight end has been addressed. Jesse James brought in here. Former Pittsburgh Steeler. Former Detroit Lion. Six foot seven. He's going to do some blocking. Um, there's going to be opportunities for a couple of routes, but he's going to be behind Harrison Bryant. He's going to be behind David Njoku. Um, but late in the game and always tinkering, you went out and got two veterans, and they're just not. I mean, I- I'm not saying they're stars by any means, but these guys are quality veterans. They've been starters in this league. Jesse James, a couple of years ago, signed a pretty decent free agent contract with the Detroit Lions. These are nice gets here when you look as guys as far as being depth players. So it does make me wonder, you know, with 18 weeks coming, uh, do the Browns feel that maybe, you know, being cautious with Jack Conklin might be the way to go. And as Joe said, most of these things are done, you know, with an analytic thought process in them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a great memory by you. Cause remember we talked about Odell Beckham jr. Right. Uh, last year. It, you know, he was he was ahead of schedule. We heard he's ready to go. He's ahead of schedule. He's running routes. He's doing his thing. When you got any injury, and I didn't tore both of my ACLs, um, there was a it's just a trust thing. It's a thing that you need to have in your mind that says, I'm okay to go out here and I can really let it go. And if you're a player that is not out there playing with a, a reckless abandon saying, I'm gonna go a hundred miles an hour. We know what happens with that. You got you risk injury. And so, you know, when you look at Jack Conklin, yeah, he might be physically able to go. He may he may not have any swelling, but he won't know until he physically tries that knee out this week. And he has to go against Jadavian Clowney. He has to go against Miles Garrett. He he has to pull and be able to get his second step down on the on a zone block. So all those things are very pivotal. And we saw with Odell Beckham Jr., he didn't he didn't actually play to the third game of the year. Uh, and so when you look at Jack Conklin, um, as soon as I heard they they had uh, picked up somebody, I said, uh, yeah, there, there's a good chance that he may not play week one, especially given uh, given the, the magnitude and in, in the I would I would say the energy of the game because Odell Beckham Jr. wanted to prove last year I was the piece that we were missing. Baker wanted to prove that hey we could go out here and beat Kansas City. We we thought we had you last year. You was all, we let you off the hook in my Denny Green voice. Um, and, and, <laughs> and and so he was like, hey, if you're not able to go, he might get ramped up doing too much. I I, I totally understand what you're saying, and, and I don't have a problem if Conklin's not playing. Um, you know he's been out, but well, I would rather have him ready to go um, than more than not. So um, and and in, in final. I just think this is a game where Jacoby Brissett can do a lot for the rest of the, for the rest of Cleveland. He can do some things by calming us down a little bit. If he wins this game, I think people are a little more calm about the Deshaun Watson thing. I think they're a little more calm about 
uh, this overall uh, this season. And I think they're, oh, they would overall be more encouraged by what the Cleveland Browns ceiling is this year if they can come out with a win. Well, a couple factors. You know, it's a road game. So, A, number one, anytime you can get a road game, feather in your cap. A, number two, it is Baker Mayfield. It is week one. All of that stuff. You basically just want to squash it all because guess what? If you lose, the storylines are not going to be that you lost to the Carolina Panthers in week one. Storylines are going to be that you lost to Baker Mayfield. And it's going to be loud here in Cleveland. It will be loud through the media, the fan base. It will be loud. This team needs to go out and play clear and concise, and we'll continue to cover this throughout the week. Um, But I'm excited. Look, it's after Labor Day. We are into NFL week one. I could not be more fired up about this. We had Joe Thomas in getting his thoughts about the Browns team this year, getting his thoughts about the Carolina Panthers this week. Um, You know, look, we're, we're, you know, we're not joking around here. We are trying to make this the best possible podcast we can. And we're not messing around with that. Um, we're going to continue to try to basically chase after A-listers to come here. I think I've put the work in. I know Garrett's put the work in. So we're going to continue to do everything we can to grow this show. Um, I actually, if I ain't going to lie, I took a couple of pictures while Joe was here, sent them off to some friends and some guys at the network. And the reactions are through the charts. And, of course, Joe has already offered to fill my request that I – asked for so joe thomas the salt of the earth um but we're gonna continue this week just you know we're gonna break it down individually we're gonna get to a crossover episode with julian council who hosts locked on panthers um that'll be a three segment show basically we're gonna do brown's offense versus carolina defense flip it up and then just some general game thoughts i'm really excited to be back into the in-season format really really excited to be just talking straight football on two months of talking legalese, which neither one of us are qualified for, is not fun at all. Garrett's going to run off to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Check it out today, 11 to 1 on YouTube. Of course, he's always part of 92.3 The Fans, the barbershop post-game coverage, pre-game coverage on the weekends. You have always got G. Bush 91 round in, in your ears. Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. As always, we appreciate everybody who makes us their first listen. Remember, now on YouTube, subscribe, put those notifications on. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB. Let's go, Browns.